Hello, my name is Kaylee Dalton. Welcome to Art in Words, my first podcast describing my tactile exhibition, Interlinked. You can catch it at Strathnan Arts Gallery, opening 30th of June, 11am and running till July 21st, 2019. There will also be an audio-described artist tour and demonstration on July 14th, 11am. How to get to the Gallery 1 from the main car park in Strathnan. So take the concrete path up the hill for 35 metres. Take the second path to the right. Follow this for 10 metres. Turn to the right again uh, and forward one metre. The accessible toilet is directly to the right. The door opens inwards. Hinge on the right. Toilet is at 10 o'clock, two metres forwards. Sink to the left, one metre. The gallery is directly ahead, uh, two metres. The door opens outwards. Hinge on the right. Once in the gallery, turn left, 1.5 metres forward for the first exhibit. Art a statement. My art explores the linkages and processes that exist and interact in ecosystems. In this exhibition, I explore linkages between plants, animals and people found at Mulligan's Flat and the Jerobomba wetlands, and how these influence the survival of endangered species and habitats. The aim of the exhibition is to promote an emotional connection to our local environment. By casting direct impressions from plants, animal artefacts and textures from these habitats, I hope to create jewellery and meditative items that carry the visual and energetic imprint of these places, their cycles and inhabitants. The pieces are intended to be tactile, to calm people through touch and carry the presence of bark, leaf, bud, fur, feather, so the wearer or holder connects to the land while centred in the present moment. Our remaining natural ecosystems are fragile and interdependent with each other and with human activity. For living environments to survive, humanity needs to become less parasitic and balance its extraction from nature with a more symbiotic relationship. To achieve this, we need to care, to feel connection to country. Such a connection can increase our sense of belonging and so foster a community where people are not only more interlinked with the environment, but with each other. The first exhibit is Pendants. Pendants can identify who we are or who we would like to be. These were what I love best about the reserves and they're all made in 925 silver. The pendants will be directly in front of you on three stands mounted to the wall. The braille sign is on the bottom left-hand corner, the braille numbers in a row to the right of the sign. The first is a eucalyptus root, which was direct cast in silver, and then a raw garnet to represent the truffle. Truffles and eucalypts have a symbiotic relationship, which effectively doubles the, the size of the eucalyptus root system, and increases its ability to uptake water and nutrients. 1.2 is a Blakely's red gum bark sample where I've pressed the wax directly onto the bark and turned that into a pendant. 1.3 is a yellow box, box flower uh, where I've taken a silicon mold of the flowers pressed in and then taken a cast from that. 1.4 is a yellow box nut. It was direct cast from a nut with a little bale put on the end. 1.5 is a eucalyptus leaf. Now the special thing about this leaf is it actually has a little triangular lump on it which is made from an insect and some of the birds love eating these little little insect homes as food. 1.6 is a wattle leaf. This was made during one of my workshops and I loved it as an example and I loved it so much I added it to the exhibition here. 1.7 is a dragonfly wing. 
Uh, this is one of the few ones I wasn't direct cast from from the Mulligan's flat. This was drawn up in CAD and laser cut out of MDF and then the MDF direct cast in silver. 1.8 is a bee on honeycomb. Uh, this was really fun to make. I'd made the bee separately previously and I got some wax honeycomb from my mother who keeps bees and attached them together. So it's a lovely little combination of the two. 1.9 is a betong on a leaf. The betong was taken from a mould of the betong brooch that I've made and then uh, pressed and attached to a real leaf, which was then direct cast. 1.10 or 1.10 was a sister cola claw. Now a sister cola is a tiny little bird that loves living in the in the wetlands. And this claw was was made after taking a mould from a real bird. 1.11 is your kestrel claw. Again, uh, using a mould taken from a real bird that a uh, one of the ecologists at Mulligan's flat happened to find. Um, and then she let me uh, take, take moulds from, from the claws. 1.12 is an ant on a dead tree. Now the dead trees are really important in the ecosystems for increasing the beetle diversity and also having homes for some of the animals. And the ants, you see them crawling around everywhere. And I, I just, I absolutely love ants. So I had to chuck an ant in this little exhibition. 1.13 is a rakali. And the rakali is known as the native otter. And it's a beautiful animal that has got a bad reputation as a native rat, but it really isn't. It has lovely webbed feet and beautiful golden brown thick fur. And it loves swimming around um, in the waterways at, Mali at um, Jerobomba wetlands. 1.14. This one here is a pendant called Fallen, Broken, Beautiful. Now out at Jerobomba wetlands, you get a lot of leaves lying around on the ground. And one of the things I love about them is they're not perfect and they're not young and they're not beautiful in the traditional way, but there's something about them that I find quite beautiful and perfect. And this particular one had a little gall on it, which I've replaced with a sapphire set into it. It's one of, one of my favourite pieces. 1.15 is a kingfisher claw. Again, from the same really helpful lady who let me take moulds of the other birds. Um, was this kingfisher claw from Jerobumble Wetlands. 1.16, fallen leaf with gall with a sapphire in it. This is similar to the earlier one, but it's a much smaller leaf. And when I tried to cast the, girl, girl, the sapphire into the gall, the uh, casting people put a sprue right on the top of it, so it's rather hidden, but I still know it's there, and it's just possible to see a glint of the blue through the silver. 1.17 is a nut from Jerobomba Wetlands. At the time of this catalogue printing, I didn't know what it was called, um, but since then I found out it is a cypress pine nut. And it's a beautiful texture and rather a large nut that the cockatoos like to eat. And lastly um, is 1.18 is a duck feather. This is one of my earliest pieces. I took a silicon mould from a real duck feather and then made this pendant from the mould. To proceed to exhibit two, turn right, then walk forward three metres. At the corner, turn right, forward 1.5 metres, and the exhibit is on a table in a little alcove to the left. The rings are on the left side of the table. The second exhibit is rings. 
These rings are designed to shape to your finger to allow you to touch the woodlands at any time and feel comforted. The braille sign is on the front left hand side of the table. The rings behind this on a piece of wood with bark still attached. The ring numbers should be attached to each one on a tag. 2.1 A small feather. This is a really small ring with 925 silver um, with imprinted feather on it. 2.2 Spiral feather. This is a thin spiral piece of silver with a feather printed all the way along on the outside. 2.3 Eucalypt leaf. This is 925 silver with a small section of the silver printed with a eucalyptus leaf. Um, the rest polished smooth. 2.4 Wattle, 925 silver. This is a lovely larger ring designed for a thumb or a larger finger. And it has wattle leaves imprinted on the outside and highly polished on the, on the inside. 2.5 Bracken ring, 925 silver. This is a smaller ring with a little bit of bracken leaf printed on one little section of it. 2.6 Apple box nut. Now this is a fun ring to make. The it's a curved ring that goes around your finger one and a bit times, made of 925 silver. Um, it's imprinted around the outside with the bark of an apple box tree, and then I've put a little loop onto one end of the ring and attached a tiny little direct cast uh, apple box nut that moves. 2.7 seed head 925 silver. This was printed at Jerobromba Wetlands from a seed head from a section of grass, which I have no idea what it was, but it was a beautiful texture and it was polished uh, on the inside. 2.8 grass. This was simply a piece of green grass, your common some sort of grass from Jerobromba Wetlands, pressed into the outside of a ring and curled around one and a half times. 2.9 yellow box flower, 925 silver. This is one from where I took a silicon mold of a yellow box flower and then I imprinted some bark around the outside and the flower on one of the sections. It's a tiny little ring for probably for a child. 2.10 Blakely's red gum. This one here is my first one in copper. Um, I find copper really helpful for my arthritis and tendonitis. Uh, and it's also just a lovely tactile material to work with. So this one here is Blakely's Red Gum. And it's got a Blakely's Red Gum uh, nut from a mould I took. Uh, and some Blakely's Red Gum bark texture on the rest of the ring. It's quite a large ring. 2.11 Apple Box. Also made of copper. This is similar to Blakely's Red Gum. Except it has an Apple Box nut on it. Um, and it's a lovely red colour. This one also broke in the, in the making process. So I ended up soldering it back together with silver, which given it a really lovely mottled appearance. 2.12, Kestrel Claw. This one here, I use my Kestrel Claw mould to have two claws going in different directions. This one is resizable and is about the size of a small thumb ring or a large finger ring. 2.13, Meat Ant Nest. Now in the EKC system, at Mulligan's Flat, the meat ants are really important because they recycle a lot of the dead animals. So if we didn't have them, things would be much grosser out there. I love watching the ants walking around and they have little stones on top of their nests. And um, this is what I took a mould from and then press some wax into that, into the mould and cast in copper. 
2.14 scribbly gum in copper. Uh, out at Jerobomba wetlands, they have some beautiful trees where the insect larva underneath the bark have made these beautiful scribbly patterns. And where the barks come off, you can see them very clearly. I've used some of these patterns from the Jerobomba wetlands tree to make a ring um, repeating that kind of uh, motif. 2.15 scribbly gum, 925 silver. This is a, my second scribbly gum ring. This time I soldered the ends of the silver wire together to make an endless scribbly gum pattern. 2.16 eucalyptus buds, 925 silver. This one here, I took all the samples of the eucalyptus flowers that I, that I found over the whole year that I'd taken silicon moulds of to use for my eucalyptus ID and put them all on a ring. So it's one of my like most ambitious pieces and I love the way it's turned out. 2.17 eucalyptus nuts, 925 silver. Now this was originally going to be a, a series of three nuts on a ring. It had a little accident in the, the um, making process. So now it's a single nut that has a tiny little sapphire direct cast into the ring. 2.18 lichen and stone, 925 silver. I found a beautiful piece of stone out in the Mulligan's flat with lichen growing on it. And I took a silicon mold and pressed the ring wax into the mold, getting this uh, one and a half turn, quite a thick silver ring with the lovely textures of the lichen and the stone. From the rings, turn 180 degrees, forward one metre till you reach a table. Then turn left, ahead two metres, Turn left again, the brooches are directly in front of you on three pieces of woolen cloth fixed to the wall. Exhibit three, brooches. Brooches allow for larger sizes, unbalanced heavier pieces and different materials. Animals work well in this format. The braille is on the left-hand side of the piece of material and the numbers attached to each brooch. The material is 100% wool and has been eco-dyed using leaves from the woodlands. 3.1 Blakely's Red Gum 925 Silver. This is a twig from a Blakely's Red Gum with nuts attached that has been direct cast, a pin added to the back. 3.2 B Brass. This was a sculpted life-size honeybee with wings outstretched. They now fertilise the eucalyptus flowers, but before they were introduced, those flowers used to be fertilised by bugs, things like ants, and also from sugar gliders. 3.3 Blakely's Red Gum Bark, White Bronze. The Blakely's Red Gum has usually three distinct layers of barks as it ages. This one was uh, a piece of wax pressed onto the middle layer, which is my personal favourite. 3.4 Echidna, White Bronze. This echidna was made from sculpting it out of wax, and then the spikes were actually made using casuarina needles that were inserted to, into the wax. And then when it was casted, they came out as beautiful spikes. 3.5 wallaby grass, white bronze. The wallaby grass is used by the betongs to make the nests in. 3.6 mistletoe imprint, phosphorus bronze. The mistletoe is a parasitic plant that grows on the eucalypts, but the only thing it takes from them is water and what it does is it provides shelter and nesting areas for a variety of birds. 
3.7 betong, 925 silver. Now this little betong has actually got a prehensile tail that can curl up and carry its nesting material as it's bouncing around in the woodlands. 3.8 mistletoe, phosphorus bronze. This was the mistletoe, the same mistletoe as the mistletoe imprint, but it happens to be the positive, made by pressing wax into the imprint one. 3.9 Wedgetail Eagle Silicon Bronze. If you wander around the, the Mulligan's Flat woodlands, woodlands, you may be lucky enough to see Wedgetail Eagles flying. Uh, last time I, got, I went out there, I got to see two and it was an amazing sight. 3.10 Stringy Bark Leaf 925 Silver. Uh, this uh, is a juvenile leaf and if you feel the texture on it, it feels a little bit like sandpaper. 3.11 Brittle Gum Imprint 925 Silver. The brittle gum has funny little lumps and bumps, but they have a very smooth bark texture. So this one here was imprinted by getting some wax and pressing it directly on the bark and then casting the wax in silver. 3.12 is a brittle gum, which is again uh, made by pressing the wax onto the first brittle gum brooch. 3.13 quoll 925 silver. Uh, this is a juvenile quoll and I love the way they sit up and balance themselves on their tail and their back legs. Um, it's it's one, of their, one of the poses that you can see on the videos on the Mulligan's Flat Facebook page. Uh, 3.14 brittle gum bark and bud. I combined the bud and the bark so on a, on a brooch to show the combination of the two, two of the main distinguishing features of the brittle gum. 3.15 yellow box leaf. Uh, this is the first one I made and I wanted to keep it for myself, but um, yeah, it's, I thought it should probably go in so other people can get to feel it as well. It does have tiny little lumps on it, which are actually again, little insect larvae uh, homes. Um, so yeah, have a, have a little feel of those. 3.16 yellow box bark silicon bronze. This is just a little a sample of a, the yellow box bark, which is quite, can be quite rough and quite variable. 3.17 feather copper. Now this is a tiny little feather that I made from taking a silicon mold of a real feather and then press it, pressing the wax just into the center part of the feather of in, on the mold and to make a tiny little one. 3.18 Curlew 925 Silver. This was the last one I made and was inspired by the curlews that you can see wandering around at Mulligan's Flat. From the brooches, turn 180 degrees and walk forward 4 metres. Watch out for the table on the right. Exhibit 5 is 18 tiny lapel pins on each around 1.5 centimetres. They're mounted on a round piece of wood on the wall, approximately 1.5 metres from the ground. Exhibit 4, lapel or hat pins. The bird photographers of Jerobomba Wetlands inspired these copper pins. Try and identify them. The only place they're written down is in the Braille catalogue. The Braille signage is directly underneath and to the left of the round mounted board. 
to get from exhibit four pins to exhibit five earrings, turn right, go for three meters. The exhibit one will be at one meter in front of you. Turn right, go forward three meters. There will be a table directly in front of you. The earrings are on a wooden tree on a yellow box wood base on the left hand side of the table. Exhibit five, earrings. The earrings were pressed into molds or direct cast to give them the texture of the original surface. The nuts and flowers tended to dry out and wrinkle when direct casting, so the Blakely's butter nut earrings were made from a mould taken from a fresh sample. The braille is on the left front side of the table in front of you, and there's braille tags on each earring hanging from small leaves which were, which were attached, attached to the tree base. 5.1 Blakely's red gum bark. These are tiny little stud earrings made from 925 silver and pressed on the Blakely's red gum bark brooch that I made earlier. 5.2 Sister Cola Claw 925 silver. These are again tiny little earrings pressed into a segment of the Sister Cola Claw and just capturing the thumb claw and a little bit of one of the finger claws. 5.3 Betong Scat 925 silver. Uh, this was, I was given a sample of betong scat. I made a mold out of it and I've got some of it cast into silver and made into tiny little earrings. Now the betong scat is actually quite important in the ecosystem because it's one of the ways that the truffles are actually spread about to increase the health of the, of the eucalyptus. 5.4 micro seed, 925 silver. Now one of the ecologists out at Mulligan's Flat Rachel um, studies microceros and other sorts of seeds and she gave me some of the samples to take a mould from and to make some earrings. 5.5 Bracken, 925 silver. These are small rectangular silver earrings, again studs, um, with a, a very small imprint of a part of a bracken leaf. 5.6 Leaf earrings, 925 silver. These leaves were found from a juvenile tree out at Jerobomba Wetlands, direct cast, and then a little hook put on the top of them. 5.7, Blakely's Nut and Bud. Um, this is actually a non-symmetrical pair of earrings. One, earrings. one earring is made from a nut from the Blakely's Red Gum, the other from the bud with a with silver hook put on top of them. 5.8, Brittle Gum, 925 Silver. These were made from pressing the wax onto the brittle gum brooch. Um, I love the texture of these. They're so smooth and they, they really take on the texture of the bark from the original tree. 5.9 red stringy bark, 925 silver. These ones were just uh, quite lovely. Red stringy bark has got a, a rather fibrous texture and these ones I then added the stringy bark on to give them a bit of extra extra depth and 3D feeling to them. To get from earrings number five to bracelets number six, turn left, forward about one metre, turn right, forward two metres till you get to the wall, turn right, forward two metres. The table is on the left and is the same one with the rings on. The bracelets are on the right hand side and placed directly on the table and on a piece of red stringy bark wood. Exhibit 6, Bracelets. The copper bracelets were originally made to help my tendonitis and arthritis. I combined them with a copper ring and they work well for me. 
The scribbly bark pieces are inspired by the patterns left by insects under the bark of a dead tree at Jerobomba Wetlands. 6.1 Woodlands Walk Bangle, Copper. There's a lovely walk out at Mulligan's Flat that winds around and stops at different trees. The Woodlands Walk Bangle is made from taking imprints of the bark of all those types of different trees and some of the grasses. 6.2 Kangaroo Grass Cuff 925 Silver. This is quite a large cuff and it was made by pressing a kangaroo grass seed head onto a piece of wax and then casting in silver. 6.3 grass seed head cuff, 925 silver. This is a smaller bracelet, um, quite thin, and it has the imprint of a grass seed head. I'm not sure what type, <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful piece and has been highly polished on the inside. 6.4 woodlands walk bracelet, copper. This was one of my more designed, well-designed pieces. I used the textures from the Woodlands Walk bangle, um, pressing wax onto the bangle and then attaching them together into a bracelet with a hinge and a press clasp on the other side. So it fits a little closer to the hand and is a bit more comfortable. 6.5 Scribbly Gum Bracelet Copper. This was inspired by the scribbly gum and it matches the rings that I made that I spoke about earlier. 6.6 .6 scribbly gum bracelet 925 silver. Uh, this is uh, similar to the copper one but just made in um, silver using a 1.5 millimeter silver wire. From the bracelets, turn 180 degrees and walk forward two meters. Turn left and walk forward another two meters. The brooches from earlier will be on your left, a table to your right. Turn right towards that table and the necklace will be directly in front of you. There's three necklaces and there's one directly in front of you called interlinked and the other two are on the left-hand side of that table. Exhibit 7, Necklaces. The braille for this exhibit is found on the left-hand side towards the front of the table. There's three necklaces. Number one, 7.1, is interlinked and is 925 silver. Interlinked was my first piece and is made by pressing small wax balls on the eucalyptus tree barks at Mulligan's Flat. Some trees, such as Blakely's Red Gum, have multiple distinct layers and all were sampled. The piece is solid 925 silver and rather heavy and has five removable links to resize. 7.1, yellow box, 925 silver. Yellow box represents the way a nut and leaf hang on overlapping branches. This necklace is placed on a piece of red stringy bark and is found on the middle left hand side of the table. 7.3 Eucalyptus Buds 925 Silver. Eucalyptus buds are a selection of five eucalypts from left to right facing candle bark, red stringy bark, yellow box, Blakely's red gum and brittle gum. Bud shape is one of the identifying characteristics of eucalypts. And eucalyptus buds can be found on the far left-hand side of the table, uh, directly in front of the earlier pin exhibit. Exhibit 8.1, Eastern Quoll. He can be found on the same table as the necklaces. So just make your way around and he will be on the right-hand side. Um, he's fixed to a wooden base. Um, the braille is on the left-hand side on the front of the wooden base. The eastern quoll is a small spotted carnivore known as a native cat. They are nocturnal marsupials, live in burrows and hollow logs and are known for carrying their young. 
up to six at a time, around on their backs. One of the interesting things about them is they come in two morphs, brown and black, with white spots. They are also the only quoll that has five toes on the front feet and four on the back. Extinct of, from the mainland since 1967, they are breeding at Mulligan's Flat and can be seen on their Facebook page videos and on the Twilight Tours. My first sighting was a juvenile chocolate morph bouncing around in the grass, an image that was a basis for this bronze. The colour of the of the bronze is sort of a darkened brown colour where with lighter highlights around the ears, the eyes and the toes. Now his left front paw is lifted up slightly and you can feel underneath his paw at the texture and the, the sculptural sense of what their feet feel like on the underneath and give them a little handshake. To get from 8.1 the Eastern Quoll to 8.2 the Eastern Betong, um, starting from facing the quoll, turn left, walk forward 1.5 metres, turn left again and walk forward 2 metres. Turn left and a table should be right in front of you with the Eastern Betong directly on the front of the table. 8.2 Eastern Betong. He is made from bisque fired Walker's 10 clay about 40 centimetres long, 28 centimetres high, sitting on his black back legs and tail and eating a truffle. He's fixed onto a yellow box base, which is then fixed to the table. Don't worry, he should be pretty stable. In front of him is a tiny little uh, tree um, from a broadleaf peppermint. Be careful, the top of the tree is a little bit pointy, but hopefully not sharp. Now, the Eastern Betong is a small kangaroo-like marsupial. They mainly like to eat native truffles, but also eat insects and tubers and can make up to 40 nests in the grassy tussocks. You can sometimes see them hopping about with grass in their curled up prehensile tail. Known as nature's gardeners, they love digging for truffles, which aerates the soil, spreads the truffle spores and makes perfect seed raising holes for native trees. The truffles play an important role as they tap into the eucalyptus root system, forming a symbiotic relationship of carbs and sugars in exchange for water, an increased effective root system. 8.3 Dead Tree To get to the dead tree from the betong, he sits on the same table down the left-hand side. Um, the dead trees play a surprisingly vital role in the health of the ecosystem. They provide homes for possums, bats, gliders, owls, parrots, ducks, rosellas and kingfishers, as well as reptiles. Fallen branches that have hollowed out can also be used by quolls, echidnas and other ground-dwelling animals. The hollows are started by termites and take over 100 years to form. Interesting fact is that eucalypts grown overseas don't form hollows as they don't have the right type of termites. He is made from uh, Walker's 10 clay, but he's been double fired. Um, and I've put a little bit of underglazed on him to make the tree particularly white and a little bit of red colour around the base. He's also fixed to a yellow box base. And my daughter actually put the braille on the left front side to label label that from standing directly in front of the dead tree turn left walk forward three meters till you're at the door you came in turn left and forward one meter turn right the eucalyptus guide should be right in front of you approximately 1.5 meters from the ground the braille was is on the bottom left side on the wall and there's also some braille on the left on the right hand side of the plaque 
and on the top of the wooden base. Mulligan's Flat Eucalyptus ID Guide. Eucalypts are at the centre of the critically endangered white box, yellow box, Blakely's red gum woodlands, otherwise known as box gum woodland. To be included, woodland has to include one or more of the species, and Mulligan's Flat has both yellow box and Blakely's red gum in abundance. The eucalypts I was able to identify with the assistance of Euclid, Catherine Ross, Prue Buckley and Steve Holliday, and they're all found in the area of the main gate. Listed from left to right on the guide are Apple Box, Blakely's Red Gum, Brittle Gum, Broadleaf Peppermint, Candle Bark, Red Stringy Bark and Yellow Box. From top to bottom, I have little samples um, cast of buds, nuts, bark and leaves. They are cast in a variety of things. The buds and bark were cast in bronze. The leaves and nuts were cast in 925 silver. And the wooden base is from a section of red stringy bark.